This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by ArtTactic.com, where you can now find our contemporary art market confidence report. The Art Tactic Confidence Indicator for Post-War Contemporary Art has seen a 29% decrease since the previous reading in May 2019. What will this mean for the autumn season? Visit ArtTactic.com to find out by downloading and reading the report. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. In this week's episode, we chat with Anders Peterson, founder of Art Tactic, to discuss a few important components of the contemporary art market, as well as some recently released reports on ArtTactic.com. First, Anders recaps the first half of 2019. Um, How did the market perform during the first six months of the year? And what is sentiment looking like for the autumn season? He also speaks with us about guarantees in the auction space. Are guarantees going up, going down? What does this mean for the state of the art market? And lastly, we talk about the Art Tactic Forecaster competition. There's now been over 1.2 million forecasts completed. Are you participating? If not, you should be. It's absolutely free. And you can now redeem your winnings to purchase Art Tactic reports. Um, So we've essentially created a virtual currency and you get coins based on how you perform in the forecaster competition. And if you perform well enough, then you can redeem those points for Art Tactic reports. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Anders, thanks so much for speaking with us. Thanks, Adam. So it's a really interesting time in the art market, and everyone's really trying to gauge you know, how we started the year off and how things will look for the rest of 2019. At Art Tactic, we published the first half 2019 auction report just a few months ago in July, and we're coming out with a new art market confidence report later this week. What did these reports tell us, not only about the last six months, but also what the outlook is for the autumn season? Right. We, um, I mean, we started the, you know, after a very strong start in the first half of 2018. Um, you know, what we've seen in particular in the last 12 months is, is, uh, is quite a significant slowdown. I mean, the, uh, the first half of, uh, or sorry, the second half of 2018 saw about a 5% decline in uh, year-on-year sales. And then the first half of 2019, which is related to the report we released in July, uh, saw a 20% decline in, in auction sales. And, and this is based on Sotheby's Christus and uh, Philips worldwide. Um, so so the, definitely the art market has been weakening. Um, basically, there, there's, there's some differences, though, between the different collecting categories. So modern and impressionist art uh, saw quite a significant decline in the first half of about, I think, it was 35%. Um, and that was followed by the Chinese and, and sort of the wider Asian market, which is almost a 50% decline in sales. Um, but on the other hand, there was not all gloom, I think, and we saw contemporary art holding up quite well um, with a 3% increase in, in, in the first half of 2019. Um, I guess the question, you know, going into the autumn and from the Chinese market, I think, you know, the ongoing trade war with uh, US and China, the recent unrest in Hong Kong, uh, all these things, I think, um, could be factors that could weigh in on on, on the sentiment uh, going into the autumn auctions in Hong Kong in particular, and probably also mainland China. Um, uh, when it comes to the second half of the year for the contemporary market, obviously we are standing now as just uh, in next week, we, we have the uh, freeze week of auctions taking place. Um, uh, 
And uh, I think the early signs of this is that, you know, the auction estimates are about 25% lower than they were uh, in October last year. Um, I think the Brexit uncertainty in particular uh, is sort of kind of weighing also in and negatively on the market and uh, particularly on, I guess, the seller's appetite to, to sell in the, in, into the current market. Um, I think it's another thing which is quite interesting to, to look at the upcoming sale. Uh, you know, the, the financial guarantees uh, have also dropped down quite significantly and are down about 52% by value. So in 2018, October, they were about uh, 67 million and, and this time around, they're about 32 million. So, um the, clearly, there's also maybe less appetite among the guarantors at the moment uh, when it comes to uh, to guaranteeing lots. And I think this has maybe also a little bit to do with kind of a risk aversion among that type of investors, um, and, uh, and and which will ultimately will I think will weigh in negatively on this market. And, and you know, guarantees are playing and have been playing in a very important role over the last two three years. And if there is less appetite for um, investors putting money into this type of financial uh, instruments, then uh, it will impact on sales, at least on, on consigners' uh, will, willingness or keenness to, to, to consign in the current climate. Yeah, I wanted to touch on guarantees with you because we just released our inaugural auction guarantee report. But before I jump into that, I just have a follow-up question about uh, the first half auction report and the confidence survey. You know, you mentioned this, the slowdown we're experiencing. When we're talking about the contemporary art market, especially, um, is that something that we're seeing across price levels? Just because I know, you know, of course, there's the top, you know, 10, 20 million plus um, works that kind of grab the headlines for these auctions. But most of, uh, you know, collectors, galleries, dealers don't really operate at that level. They tend to operate, you know, more of the day sale kind of um, category. Yeah, I think that, I think this is clearly is, is, is the top end of the market uh, that is uh, you know is being affected. I think I mean, it's interesting actually looking at the guarantees um, coming up in this this in, in October. We you know the guaranteed amount has fallen from one point six million to one point well just around one million. Um, and if you look at the Philips sale coming up, you can see that guarantees are you know on lots between two hundred fifty thousand, five hundred thousand, so lower levels. Um, so I think on one hand, uh, you know the the uh, the market I think it's obviously been driven by these um, you know incredible prices, often sort of trophy lots in the you know twenty, thirty, forty million. Um, I think the current the current market situation might sort of uh, lend itself less uh, less to these types of loss, and so I, I, I think there's still there's still activity, and I think particularly in the contemporary market, I think you know you see uh, the uh, new now sales, the contemporary curated, uh, the the sort of kind of um, the, the smaller day sales. Um, you know, you see the New York sales that were new now yesterday. Uh, you know, went well. Um, I, I think there's, so there's, there's still interest. I think there's still action, particularly among uh, the younger generation of artists. Um, and uh, in, in a sense, so, so I think the gloom itself, I mean, the overall market is, you know, the numbers is driven by the very top end of the market. And, and, and probably to a certain extent uh, gives a slightly sort of false impression that this is, uh, you know, the entire state of the, 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 the contemporary market. But I, I do think that, you know, obviously things trickle down. If the top end of the market is doing 
badly, I think it will it will have an you know you know a negative or it will have a sort of subdued impact on on, on the market as a whole. So, but you're right. I, I don't think it's uh, it's not across the board. Uh, and uh, as we as we've seen with the contemporary survey going in now, um, sorry, the confidence survey that we we just uh, completed and launching uh, this week. Um, it, you know, it's clearly that you know people are, you know, we've had a drop in confidence, uh, and which is now well, almost thirty percent, um, which is quite significant from uh, May. Uh, I think this is deteriorating on the back of, in this country, dealing with Brexit uncertainty still. Um, the as we mentioned before, the the ongoing Trump uh, trade war with China, the uh, escalation of of tension in the Middle East, uh, all these things are sort of weighing in on 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 the situation, but. At the same time, when we ask people about the outlook, I don't think people sort of expect a significant correction. It seems to be more that we're going from maybe a period of strong growth to more uh, a period of consolidation and that the market is likely to level out. So, um, you know, I, I think the market has gone through a, you know, a very good period of the last two, three years uh, with prices rising very quickly. Um and I think, you know, in a sense, it's a little bit of the market taking a breather at the moment, uh, obviously triggered, I think, also by some of these more macroeconomic events. And so as we mentioned in May this year, we our tactic published its inaugural auction guarantee report. Um, guarantees are becoming such an or they are really such an important part of the auction process. What was the motivation for why you wanted to launch this new report? And I know you touched on it a little bit already, but what were some of the uh, really key findings um, in the report? And what role might guarantees play for the rest of the year? Right. So I think we, you know, I, I guess, as you said, you know, the auction guarantees is, is playing and has been playing a very important role. I think anecdotally, we had a sort of a feeling of, 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 of that. We obviously, we've been monitoring the guarantee market through over individual auction analysis and so forth. But we thought, okay, well, let's look at this in a little bit more more detail. So the report is really, um, you know, taking a more kind of a deep dive into the last three years between 2015 and 2018, um, looking at, uh, you know, the, the level of guarantees, uh, what, what is being guaranteed, the, the link and the correlation between guarantees and individual artist markets. And I think that's where you're starting to see some interesting um, relationships where, you know, there is a sort of the the and it's difficult to to know exactly what comes first. You know, is it the and an you know increasing sort of traction in the market that drives in guarantees, or is it guarantees themselves that sort of drives a certain market? And I think um, there there's clearly uh, you know the data shows that for, for for a number of artists you could see that the level of guarantees and obviously what's happening at auction is is sort of highly correlated. As I said, it's not entirely clear whether. It's the guarantees that, that that drives these sales from the beginning, or whether the guarantees jumps on to this kind of bandwagon when as the market starts to to, to move. Um, but I I think what we're seeing with guarantees in general is that it's sort of it's it's almost kind of become a uh, I think what we described in the report as an invisible hand in the art market. It sort of operates. Uh, uh, it dictates to a certain extent, you know, confidence in the market. If a if a lot doesn't have a guarantee, um, you know, does does that signal to the market that uh, there's something, you know, something wrong with a lot? Is it is it something, you know, that is not quite right? Is that the reason why someone hasn't put a guarantee on it? Um, so it's it, it's 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 starting to become um, uh, it's a signal in the art market that's often a little bit quite hard to uh, to hard to actually analyze and to try to sort of. Uh, uh, Make it, you know, what what does it actually mean for the market as a whole? I think at the right now, um, 
you know, where we looked at individual artists in the report. And as I said, we suggested that there is a correlation between auction sales and artists and the level of guarantees. Um, and, and, and what we currently see, I think, in the coming up at the, uh, you know, the auctions next week is that um, the fact that there's less, there's less guarantees put forward um, in, a, in, in a sense, the same way. So the, as, in the absence of this, uh, in the absence of this invisible hand, um, I think we we also starting to see that the actual the, the trend of the market is being driven by the appetite among these kind of investors that wants to put their money into the guarantees are are kind of leading the trend. And and I think uh, the fact that more maybe financially oriented investors are pulling out of these markets or or withdrawing from this market or whatever you want to sort of define it as, um, I think it's, a, it's, it's it's significant. And it's probably in the sense that means that they see less less opportunities in the current marketplace and therefore less willing to put in guarantees. As I said, when you mentioned, um, you know, the younger, we talked a little bit about earlier about younger artists. I and mean, I think if you look at the Philips cells and you look at the um, some of the guarantees, these are at um, at lower level, many of the lower level, lots of typical things that you might find more in the day sale. So it's interesting to see also that the guarantees is not only about the multi-million, it's also finding itself into uh, the the lower segments of, of the market. But it's it's um, it's become almost, as I said, it's become an integrated part of the market, but to, to an extent where it's actually almost sort of becoming a, a, a leading indicator for um, for, for the for the kind of confidence that you know external third party investors has in this market. Well, it's definitely a, a great and thorough report, the auction guarantee report. For so for any of our listeners who are really trying to understand guarantees more thoroughly, or trying to understand what's been going on in terms of guarantees over the past few years, I definitely recommend it. Um, and finally, while we have you on, I wanted to chat with you a little bit about the art tactic. Forecaster, which is a weekly competition and auction prediction platform set up by Art Tactic in 2014. Um, almost 3,000 registered players now and over 1.2 million forecasts we've had on the platform. For our listeners who are not familiar with this game, can you just give us a brief introduction about it and what the motivation um, for launching it was and um, tell us something about the latest developments for the game? I mean, we yeah. So we started, as you said, we started this in 2014. Uh, it was a it started as a part of a summer course that I was running at Solibus Institute, uh, which was around uh, art market analysis and, and using data and, and looking at valuation and pricing and so forth. Um, and uh, I, I guess I started to sort of decide that you know we need to engage students slightly differently, and we created a kind of a, a gamification around it, uh, basically allowing the students to put down predictions on individual lots during the uh, month that we were um, running the course. And uh, each week there were live auctions uh, taking place and, and, you know, the different students were then submitting their predictions about what's going to happen to the individual lots. Um, so it, as I said, it started very much in an educational setting and, and it's kind of grown from there. Um, so it's essentially, it's a, it's a prediction game. Um, uh, you have live auctions every week. Uh, you will typically have two to three qu- quizzes per per auction. Uh, each quiz will have five to seven lots, and where you put your uh, estimates of what you think it's going to sell for. Um, obviously, this this all the quiz ends before the auction starts, um, and then subsequently, when the results are out, it will get marked and. The um, players will, will will get a score, will get their results, uh, and that turns into into a rank. Um, and uh, 
I, I think what has happened is that, uh, as you said, we, we have 3,000 registered players. There's a, a smaller group, I would say, of, of hardcore players who plays virtually everything. Um, there are people who play played 10, 15,000 forecasts over the last four or five years. Um, and um, it, it's become a community of, I think, where, where you know, in, people are using this for two things. I think one is to to have a kind of a, a gut feel for what's happening in the market to 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 test your own um, your own perception about value in the current market versus actually the outcome and on top of that I think there's a sort of a, a competitive element to it there's a sort of a game element to it so people like to win and, and, and so forth so it's um, it's still I feel it's um, acts as an as an educational platform both for students but also equally uh, I would say more and more also for people in the industry is using this as a as a tool to keep themselves informed um, it also has analytics that is available uh, in terms of having distributions of forecasts ahead of ahead of sales which I think a lot of people in the trade finds uh, useful uh, as always interesting to know what people think of something uh, ahead of the auction taking place um, so next week we're going to have what we call the kind of grand slam uh, competitions, which are typically around the big seasons, like London seasons in March, June, and October, and also seasons in uh, New York in in November and May. So next week it's going to be uh, quite a big competition involving probably 60, 70, maybe 80 a lots in the upcoming upcoming auction. So uh, I encourage everyone who hasn't tried it out to play. It's free. Um, you can you can um, Register. You can play under an alias, which basically means that you don't need to give your name to anyone, and you can do as many mistakes as no one will actually ever know. Um, the the one with one thing we've done this year, which I th- I think is um, uh, well, it was it was a response, I guess, to what the community was was telling me, um, and it was around incentives and incentives for playing. You know, what, what one thing is the competitive element, and a lot of people do it because they like it but um you know always to have a bit of prices and, and things are are good so what we started um we launched it actually uh, j- just a couple of months ago was as a player point system which is a every every time you play a quiz every time you practice every t- time you you win or you come second or third in a competition adds a kind of what we call player points or art, for- art forecasted points and uh, those can be redeemed in uh, reports and memberships in uh, so these are our tactic reports and our tactic memberships or online courses um, it gives the community an opportunity not to necessarily pay hard cash for these reports, but actually can use their enthusiasm that they are uh, portraying through the game to actually then redeem these uh, these activity points into real research. Um, so we've seen actually uh, a, a real uptick in, in, in people, about a 40% increase in participation as a result of that sort of incentive program. So I hope that that, that will continue. Um, so other things what we were looking at is data, I guess, is, is um, you know, the, as I said, uh, everyone who plays will have access to real-time forecasts, um, which is particularly popular among people who I think are actively involved in the the trade itself. Um, this is free, uh, free, free uh, analytics. Uh, the only thing you have to do is to play. So part of the deal is that you give your forecast and then you. Um, Get access to the, what other people think as well. Um, also, what we've done more and more now, and you would see in the last twelve months that we have actually embedded a lot of uh, more and more art tactic, or sorry, art forecaster analytics in our existing uh, artist reports. Um, 
So you will see typically a, a, a number of different sort of analytical tools are included in our, our new artist reports. Uh, and we're launching next week is a, a trial product, which is looking at a, as a forecast report, looking at a head of auction. So we are um, taking the lots that is currently included in the, uh, in, in the quizzes that's going to come up. And we're going to produce a, a kind of a mini report ahead of ahead of sale uh, and subsequently we're going to also produce a kind of a, a review of what happened you know basically which which forecasts um, uh, was correct which wasn't correct um, and I think it's important thing is that the fact that something that the forecaster gets something wrong is not necessarily that they you know they, they don't know much it's I think it's also an interesting thing what we always look at is using the forecast as a as a way of thinking, what what do people expect to happen, and what happened? And the more we see deviation between the outcome and the expectation, it also gives us a sense of uh, price uncertainty in the market, which is in itself is an indicator that we're now working on on, on looking at. Um, and also, uh, we're we're trying to put a little bit of a face, uh, a human a human face to our to 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 our tactic forecaster. And next week, you will see the kind of first edition of. All of a regular profile and sort of a small, short interview with over uh, with one of our top players uh, from well this year, but also last year, um, and that is really as I said to give it give it more of a human face, particularly as everyone is playing under aliases. Um, and hopefully, you will see over the next uh, months, year, um, an incredible diverse group of people, gender, backgrounds, nationalities. Uh, but with all, I guess, one sort of shared aspect, which is their interest in in art and and the marketplace, um, and hopefully that was this will encourage other people to come on board and and, and join the growing uh, community. So that's that's the imminent future, and and in the very, I would say, going forward, I, I guess it's build, building on what we currently have. Uh, ultimately, I think the art forecast. The players um, and the rankings. I think it's is something we are now starting to use as a as a bit of a tool for talent scouting to find people who are really good at um, at, at forecasting and predicting and having a a great uh, sense of the direction of the market and value of individual artists. Um, I think as um, the art market evolves, as more value is going to be attributed to data. I hope that. The skills and knowledge of these forecasters can be potentially monetized, and that we in the future can reward over a community of forecasters uh, with more than just uh, virtual currency. So there's a, there's a lot of things going on, and 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 um, yes, as I said earlier, I encourage everyone to to join this game. It's um, it's an opportunity to compete. It's an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to expose to a lot of different art. And it's an opportunity to um, gain, as I said, these player points and then redeem them in in free research. So. Um, Hopefully, it's a win-win. The art art forecaster community—it's grown so much; it's really incredible. And the virtual uh, currency that we have now to enable participants to uh, win, be able to access some of our reports for free—it's really incredible. And I think just even beyond that incentive, just um, the ability to practice um, valuing things, whether you're a collector. And maybe you bid at auction frequently, or you're offered things privately, or even on the primary market. And you know, um, there are of course many motivations to collect art. Um, I think uh, you know the financial aspect is you know some factor for most people. So it's important to be able to value things uh, accurately. And then if you're in the trade, as you said, maybe you're doing appraisals. Um, 
maybe you work at an auction house and you have to provide estimates for things. Um, it's a very important uh, skill set to have, and I think the only way to improve it, like many things in life, is through uh, repetition and practice. So the Art Forecaster platform is a great uh, opportunity um, for everyone, really. Um, Anders, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and chatting with us about where the market's been in the first half of the year, where it's going, um, talking about guarantees and how much of a factor they're playing in the auction market at this moment, as well as giving us an update on art, the Art Forecaster uh, community and what's going on there, and all the reports that we've mentioned in this podcast um, they can be accessed <clears throat> on arttactic.com, and you can also access them through our new membership levels, starting with our basic option for £29.50 um, per month. Um, and you can check out those new membership levels at arttactic.com slash product slash memberships. Anders, thanks so much again. We always appreciate having you on. It's been a pleasure, Adam, and I uh, hope to be on it coming back soon. Perfect. Great.